God bless you. Let's build a mega church. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, let's build a mega church. Let's build. Hallelujah. That's the title of my message. Let's build a mega church. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to look at Jeremiah 30, verse 19 with you, if you don't mind. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah 30, verse 19. The Bible says, And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them, they shall not be few. And I will glorify them also, and they shall not be small. ABC will never be small. Alive Sun City will never be few people. Receive it. Receive it. And receive it with strength. Alive Rebecca will never be a small church. Alive Lidak will never be a small church. Alive Patsima will never be a small church. Alive Rustenberg will never be a small church. Who did I forget? Alive Mokwase is not a small church. If you like, check Facebook after the service. You will see for yourself. If you like, if you like. Amen. Now, let me tell you something quickly. A small church does not glorify God. It doesn't. What is a mega church? A simple definition. A mega church is a congregation of thousands of members with many branches all over the place. A mega church is a congregation with thousands of members, not hundreds, thousands. Do you understand? Thousands. Say with me, thousands. thousands. Not one thousand. Thousands, thousands of members. So when I'm talking mega church, maybe you are thinking hundred. I'm not into that. I'm not. Thousands of members and branches everywhere. Let me tell you something. Shop Pride is a mega shop. You can pay. It's a mega shop. Spa is a mega shop. Why? They have huge shops and they have branches everywhere. You can find them everywhere. And people don't have a problem with Shop Pride having branches and being big. Until you start saying that the church is a mega church, now people become a very, very funny, you know, the moment you start saying that. Even now, there's somebody here thinking that pastor wants a mega church because he wants to be popular. He wants to, he, 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 he's struggling from insecurity complex, so he wants, he wants us to go and get him a lot of people so that he can feel important for himself. A mega church is not Pastor Pascal's selfish ambition to be a great man. It's not. A mega church is not a large Bible church comparing itself with other churches and trying to overrun them with bigger numbers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not saying we are in competition with any church trying to show them that we can pull the crowds. If that is what you are thinking, just keep listening to me. Why do I say that a small church can never glorify God? Because the Bible says they shall not be few. Whenever you are few, God has a problem with it. I didn't write that verse. They shall not be few. No. So if a mega church is not about Pastor Pascal wanting to be a big pastor, wanting people to have his picture everywhere, like you, you guys have seen my picture a few, it's, it's some places there, like yeah, you know, he even wants us, you know, he wants more. He wants that, that. He just wants more now, more, more, more. We must be working for him. We want more, 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 more. Let's see. And if it's not that ABC is competing with other C and D, D and B and A's all over the place, why are we trying to become a mega church? Because it is the will of God, my brother. Let me help you. So I've begun since the past two weeks giving you 
reasons, scriptural reasons, why a church cannot be small. There's no reason for that. A church that has thousands of members, do you know what it implies? It implies that thousands of people have heard the gospel. That's a small thing of 10 people, every Sunday, 10 people. Do you realize how many people are in your community? My wife went to China last year, and she met people who had never seen a black man before. Not to talk of a Christian. They had never even seen a black man. In 2019, there are some Chinese people that have never seen a black man. Not to talk of hearing about Jesus Christ, a man who was here 2,000 years ago. The people that are here now, they don't know them. The world is made of 7 billion people, and you are not included in that 7 billion. You must know that when they made that calculation, some of you were not even born. So if we have to add you to the world, we can easily be 8 billion people right now. Easily. If we are 8 billion people, about 6 billion of those people are in Asia. 6 billion of them. You go check it. The world's population, if the world was 100 people, 60 people will be from Asia. 60. And Asia does not know God at all. Billions of them are going to hell every day. Every day. You want to have a small church. You want to have a small church. 7 billion people on earth. 7 billion people. And Jesus didn't say, go to your village and preach the gospel. He said, go where? I can't hear you. He said, go where? And the world has how many people? So you imagine if you really go to the world, will your church be small? With 7 billion people. Do you imagine any church that can be small if we obey the scriptures? The smallness of churches is because of disobedience. Nobody wants to go nowhere. We like being comfortable in our little zone. Everybody just come and we worship together. We mind our own little business and we go home and we eat. Next Sunday we repeat the same thing. Nobody has no plan of going nowhere to do nothing. And thousands of people are dying every day going straight to hell for free. And there are Christians that have the message. They have, can I tell you one of my greatest frustrations in this life? Can I tell you one of my greatest frustrations? I don't know where my mother is. I don't know whether my mother is in heaven. This has been, every time I teach about heaven and hell, if I want to tell you something, every time I teach about these things, after I close these teachings and I'm alone, one of the questions I ask myself, where is my mother? Where is my mother? The woman who brought me to this world. I'm helping so many people go to heaven every Sunday. Where is my mother? The reason I ask myself that question, because by the time Jesus entered our family, my mother was already dead. My mother died, died few years before my elder brother received Jesus. And my elder brother was not like some of us. When he received Jesus, he didn't keep Jesus for himself. He brought Jesus in the family. That's how come I am a child of God today. That's how come I'm preaching Jesus to you today. Because when my brother received Jesus, that is the main thing he brought home. He had gone to the city to look for a job. He didn't get a job. He got Jesus. And he came back to the house. And my, ma and my, uh, my, my, my father and the other members of the family asked him, did you get a job? He said, I didn't get a job. But why are you happy? He said, I brought something that is better than a job. What did you bring? He said, I brought us Jesus. He said, maybe you are mad. Don't we know Jesus again? The Catholics. We go to church every Sunday. What do you mean you brought us Jesus? No. The one I brought now is real. That is how I'm a Christian today. I grew up in his house. He taught me Jesus. I was on my way to hell for free. For free. If he didn't speak about Jesus Christ. He went for a job. He brought Jesus. People are dying in and around you every day. A whole lot of them have never heard the gospel before. Do you know how terrible it is? 
I know for sure if my mother had heard the gospel, she was going to believe. Because she was very religious by nature. Even though I didn't know her, they tell me. But if my mother is going to be in hell, do you know why? It's because a church somewhere didn't go anywhere. There is a church somewhere that felt that my village is too far. I can't go there to preach. They felt, no, 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 no. We, we, don't, we don't even have resources to go there. We will not go there. That's how my mother was condemned to hell. If she was going to, that's how many people are condemned to hell every day. Every day. Because we feel, no, 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 no. That place is too far. No, this uh, is too, it's, it's too, it's too hot. It's this and this. And we condemn those souls for hellfire, for free. We are in a little nice church. We have aircons. We have projector. We are blessed. What do we need more? Yeah, okay. Pastor is coming again. He wants to now go to Rebecca. We must help him go to Rebecca. This man is just after his own things. I'm after my own things. I'm after the kingdom. There are souls in Rebecca that will never receive Jesus until they hear my voice. Ever. Every Sunday morning, many young people and many older people in Mokwase accept Jesus. Including this morning. Because I preached. I could have said, no, 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 no. We are okay at Sun City. We don't need to go anywhere. That's why churches are small. Because people don't want to go anywhere. Jesus says go. We don't, we don't want to go. We want to stay. We want to stick around. Do nothing. Just stick around. Just stick around. Come every Sunday. Hear the same message. Feel happy. Go home. Come next Sunday. And people are dying. And we don't feel nothing. We don't feel nothing. That is about to change in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I said that is about to change in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. You must start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. There are people that will never get converted even if I preach to them. Until you preach to them. Where I work, there is a man who had a complaint once. He complained, huge complaint like this. We called the guest service manager. He wasn't satisfied. We called the guest relations manager. The person that is trained to deal with complaints. The man was not satisfied. The general manager came. The man was still not satisfied. You know what the man told us? He says, of all the people in this place, there is a young man who took me to the room earlier. He is the only one who understands my problem. All of you that are talking, you don't understand me at all. A, a porter that took his bag earlier, he says that man is the one who understood him. And it was a small boy. Just to make you realize that it is not the title pastor that makes people get born again. People just like you can speak to a person and the person will understand 10 times better than if I was the one speaking to that person. 10 times better. As a matter of fact, there are people in this church today, not because of me, because of a friend sitting next to them. That's why every soul that is going to hell, that you are connected to them, is on your head for free. Every soul that is going to hell, that was interacting with you daily, and you didn't tell them about Jesus, you told them about the weather, you told them about EFF. You told them about everything under heaven. You never mentioned Jesus to them once. They are on your head. They are on your head. They are on your head. We better wake up. So when I talk about a mega church, some of you are feeling, uh, this guy now, he, he, want, he wants to do big things for himself. No, I'm just trying to do the Bible. And if we follow the Bible, the Bible says, Jesus says, go to the world. Seven billion people, my sister. If every church goes to the world, there will be no place in the church for people. There will be no place. The reason there's an empty chair next to you is because somebody didn't go. That's all. Somebody didn't go. Are you ready to listen to me now? Yes. Okay. Let's build a mega church. Yes. I say let's build a mega church. I hope now you are beginning to flow with me. So I have been giving you reasons why, and I've given two already. 
why we should have a mega church. Last week, I want to revisit the reason I gave last week because God keeps speaking to me on that. Last week, I told you the reason why you should have, you should contribute in building the mega church is because, listen, building the church is the wisest thing you can do with your life. What is it? I can't hear anybody. Please write that statement down somewhere. Building the church is the wisest thing I can do with my life. The like, listen, there are many things you can do with your life. Many things you can do. And you, I'm sure some of you, you can already see you can do so many things with your life. But the wisest thing you will ever do with your life is to build the church. Come with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. The Bible says, And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. This world is fading away along with everything that people crave. What are some of the things that people crave? Money. What else? House. Cars. What else? You know the thing. I mean, just check yourself. You know the things you're craving. Shoes. Clothes. Perfume. Sex. Don't run away from it. Sex. That's, that's the number one on your list, my friend. You are there. Shoes. Mosquito. You think I was born yesterday? And they are just busy talking. Shoes, aircons. <laughs> Meanwhile, they know. Tell your neighbor, you know yourself. You know, you know, you know. You know. Why are you putting it last? Some of you will not even mention it. Meanwhile, you might even be sitting here now and you are craving for it. You are even sitting in the church. You are sitting here and busy preaching. Your mind is... <laughs> mercy, 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 mercy. Please check the temperature of your next neighbor. Put your hand on his head and check his temperature quickly. Holy Ghost fire. This world, listen, this world is fading away. That is the number one thing you need to know today. You know why I have she's cup? No, I'm asking, do you know why I have she's cup? You think it's a, it's a style? It's not a style, my friend. I woke up one morning and I realized in front here, I asked my hair, where are you? My hair said, I left you a long time ago. I left you. I'm gone. There was a time in my life, if I show you the picture, you will say, wow, 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 wow. If I show you the picture, you will not believe it's me. You, you must, I must show you my picture sometimes. All type of hairstyles. I was into it. Nelson Mandela, Malcolm X, Denzel Washington, all of them. I was into those things, my friend. I was into those things. When I see the small boys today, they try to do such, you look this. It's fading away. You just wait. You have one of me. Yeah. Shiba Kapasha Kata Payama. My God, my God. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror and they said, Jesus? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Holy Ghost. 
Somebody must assure me. No, listen. The Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. You should love yourself. Don't hate yourself. So I know some of you, sometimes you look at the mirror and say, the boy who will have this. He's blessed, he's blessed, he's blessed, he's blessed, he's blessed. Hallelujah, he's blessed. Because you, you look at it, you see yourself. Hallelujah. And the news is, all of that nice thing you see, fading away. Yeah. I remember vividly the day I was standing in front of the mirror in the bath. And I saw something on my chest. I said, hey, how did you get here? I'm telling you. You know what I saw? Gray hair. I said, when? You didn't announce yourself. I said, well, I'm here now. We are going. Yeah. You know, some of you, when you look at your mother, because now she's old, she works like this. You forget that there was a time she was working like this. You know that some of you, when you see your mother and your father, you just think these people are they were born old. Yeah. Your mother, if you are not careful, your mother was more beautiful than you. I'm telling you. It's just that some of them didn't have pictures the way you have today. Anything you are doing, she did. That's why you are doing it. It's because she did it. If it is boys, you, you say you, you are into boys. Your mother was into boys ten times more than you. How, how, how do you come? How do you think you came here? You came here by Holy Ghost and and and. So today, because your mother is working like this, you think she was always like that. This world is fading away. Yeah. Today you look fresh. Coca-Cola bottle. It will interest you that few years from now you'll become a Ken bottle. Ken. Ken. You move from Coca-Cola to Ken straight. No forms, no shape, just a loaf of bread that is moving around. All the shapes have faded away. I am preaching a powerful message here. I'm preaching. was told that the day you buy a car, the moment they give you the key, and you drive out of that place, the car's value starts going down. From like the same day, if you take the same car back, they will not take it from the, the same amount you pay for it. Start going down. Immediately. Yeah. Things fade away. You are holding on to things. What you don't understand is that nothing stays the same. Nothing stays the same. And that is what I was trying to show you last week. Everything you see today, you have no guarantee that just three years from now you will still see the same thing. It should be gone. It should be gone. I like the fact that some of you are young and you are beautiful and all. Listen, it's going to fade. I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm telling you, it's happening to me. Practically. <laughs> do you understand the preaching? Practically. That's why I always encourage you, do not hate your father, no matter what he did to you. Do not hate your mother, no matter what she did to you. Do you know why? Because he is in you. She is in you. It's a matter of years. One day you will look in the mirror and you'll ask, hey, is this my mother or is it me again? What is going on? Like you will see her. You will see her. She's right in you. 
Whatever she did to you, forgive first. Forgive her today and let go of that thing. Enjoy your mother and your father today. Because tomorrow you might be worse than them. You don't know. God forbid though. God forbid that you are worse than them. But you see, you don't know if tomorrow you will be doing the same thing. That the, the thing you are criticizing her today for. One day, I was with my spiritual father. And we were going to Mukwase Complex. And he wore a tracksuit. I wasn't blessed by that tracksuit. Me, me, if I'm going to the complex, I can't wear this type of tracksuit. I didn't say it. But I just, inside my heart, I say, ah, no, yeah, no. This man, ah, this guy, he doesn't have style. I mean, look at this. I remember well, about two years ago, I was at spa. And I look at myself. My own was worse than the one I was criticizing my spiritual father. Then the Holy Ghost says, do you see? Anything you criticize today, you are calling on yourself. Every time you criticize Pastor Pascal, you are calling that thing on yourself. It's just a matter of time you'll manifest it. Sometimes higher. That's why criticism are not good. Dissociate yourself from criticism. If your mother is adding two more salt, just say, Mama, I like your food. It's okay. It's okay, Mama. Your food is nice. Some of you have never commented your mother on her food. You've been eating it for years. Taking it for granted. You've never ever said, Mama, you know what? Today, ne? I just want to say, Di joyaho. You are doing well. You are doing well. You are doing well. You are doing well. I see you honoring your father and your mother in the name of Jesus. Honor them. Honor them. Honor them, please. Honor them. You don't know what will come out of you just now. You don't know. Hallelujah. Are you blessed already? This world is fading away. It's a prophecy. And everything that people crave is also fading away. Everything. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Anyone who does. I'm teaching on why you must build the church. I'm showing you reasons why investing in the church is the wisest thing you can do. Do you understand? The wisest thing you can do. Anything else you are busy with is going to fade just now. You just watch. Anyone who does what pleases God. Amen. What is it that pleases God? That's the question you must ask yourself. What is it that pleases God? Would you like to know what pleases God? I would like to know what pleases God. And I want to tell you there is a simple equation to know what pleases God. To know what pleases God, watch Jesus. God says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So if you want to know what pleases God, watch Jesus. Anything that Jesus does pleases God. As a matter of fact, Jesus says, my father is always with me because I always do what pleases him. My father is always with me because I always do what pleases him. If you want to know what pleases Jesus, follow Jesus. You want to know what pleases God? Check Jesus, the things he said. And then you check your life, you put Jesus here, you put yourself here, then you now ask yourself, how close am I? How close am I 
to a life that is pleasing to God. One of the things Jesus committed himself to doing, he said, I will build my church. Don't you think that if Jesus says, I will build the church, it means the church pleases God, and that building the church is something that God likes a lot? For Jesus to take such a strong stand on it, I will build my church. When I think about you, I ask myself a question. What are you known for? What are you known for? Come with me to Galatians chapter 2 verse 9. In fact, let's look at the screen. In fact, say the names with me. One, two, three, go. James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church. These are Jesus' top disciples. No, no, no phone during the preaching, okay? No phone. Listen to the preaching. You came to church. You have the phone with you all the time. All right, listen. These are the three disciples that Jesus had with him all the time. And he told Peter, you are Peter on, I will build the church. He went to heaven. Later, Peter becomes a pillar of the church. I like that verse. They were known to be pillars. So when you mention the name Apostle Peter, hey, you think church. Ah, that guy is always on church. When you mention the name John, church, they were known to be pillars of the church. The question is, when your name is mentioned, what do people think about? I'm asking you, when people mention your name in a conversation, is your name connected to church? Huh? Is your name connected to God, to church? Or your name is connected to beer? Like, when they, eh, that one, yeah, you know, I think he's drinking right now. Or your name is connected to girls. When they mention, hey, yeah, that's, hey, he likes women too much. Hey, that guy, yo, mm -mm. I don't know, man, he's sick. And when they mention your name, boys, gossip, jealousy. What comes when your name is mentioned in a conversation? Because whatever that is, that is exactly what you've been building. Everybody here is building. Everybody. Everybody is building. If you are building the church, they cannot mention, and they don't know, no, this guy, he's into church. Please go and check again. You are, you are misled. That guy is not into those things. They were known, known, known. To be, do you know what is a pillar? Can I tell you what is a pillar? A pillar definitions of a pillar. Definition number one, a pillar is a supporting, uh, where are the builders here? It's something that supports a structure. When you build, this, this building is just that they have plastered. You will see the pillars that are supporting this hall you're seeing here. There are pillars inside. You take the pillars, the whole thing comes crumbling down. My sister, James, Peter and John became so strong in the church that listen, if you were to remove them, it's like the whole church will before. They supported the church with everything in there. A pillar. A pillar in the church. They were known to be pillars of the church. Pillars. They are always there. Come rains, come sunshines, they are there. They are into church. I see you becoming a pillar of the church. I say, I see you becoming a pillar. Like you are known. People know. This one. Don't expect her to destroy the church. She is into building the church. The second definition of a pillar is a decoration. Many buildings, pillars are not used to support anything. They are just a decoration either in front or around the structure. And I'm sorry to say many Christians are just that second definition. They are decorations. They are a pillar, but a pillar of decoration. They dress nice on Sunday morning and they come and decorate an, an area of the church. They are not supporting anything. There is nothing that is on them. They are, they are not feeling the weight of anything. A pillar is feeling the weight 24-7. They are just enjoying 
There are decorations. Have you seen the pillars of Greece? You will find the place they just put nice, because pillars look so nice. You can make them look nice, and they are just for decoration. Many wedding areas, they use pillars for decoration. They are not supporting anything. Many Christians are not supporting anything in the church. They are just decoration. They dress nice, come and sit on Sunday morning, and decorate that area of the church. That's all. You are coming out of that group. Amen. You cannot belong. I say, you must say amen. I say you are coming out of that group. You cannot be in that group. You cannot be in that group. Decoration. Ask your neighbor, are you a decoration or are you a support? What are they saying? What are they saying? What are they saying? What are they saying? 